Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, Jake. Yes, sir. Did you know it is our anniversary month? How long have we been married? (laughs) No, the show. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I did know The that, show's actually. anniversary. We are turning six years old, and to celebrate that- We're going to first grade. We're <laughs> close. We're giving a discount on our Patreon. If you join the year-long subscription to the Patreon, you can get 15% off during the month of May. You can find out everything about our Patreon at patreon.com slash thecritshow, but all tiers for the month of May are 15% off when you sign up for the annual membership. Is that as exciting as first grade? You know, now that I'm kind of remembering back to first grade, that's far better than first grade. look like hell thanks you're like shit Uh i know (laughs) like we've just gotten back from day four of gen con yep and uh oh boy we did it right but it was it was a long time it i think this is the first time i've ever done the full four days of something that had four days yeah 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 i i feel like my life outside of the gen con like i'm gonna go back to it and nobody's gonna recognize me or i'm not gonna recognize (laughs) anybody in my family you look (laughs) savage you have to understand that tj literally looks like robin williams coming out of jumanji right (laughs) (laughs) and like on Wednesday, he looked like Robin Williams from Goodwill Hunting, and now he looks, <laughs> which was weird though, because on Saturday he looked like Robin Williams from Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was a strange. I think he's got Thursday, Robin was, Williams disease. From Patch Adams. <laughs> Wait a minute! Suddenly he's wearing a clown nose <laughs> and a lab coat. So, what was your favorite thing that you experienced at Gen Con? You know, I surprised myself a little bit because I don't, as you guys know, I don't really game master games, like even just some of the, uh, maybe the bonus content that Mm -hmm. we've been working on, top secret stuff. Um, I am, you know, kind of leading, but even that with you guys is something that makes me nervous because I don't, just not something I really do. So, um, you know, even doing that with you guys, it's, it's a little scary for me. It just makes me nervous. Uh, so when we were leading the games Saturday for Monster of the Week and, you know, explaining the rules and all that, going into that room right at the start, I was kind of terrified. But then the second that we really did, it's kind of sat down at our tables with, with our group of people. And I had just a group of complete strangers, not only just complete strangers, but um, people that hadn't listened to the podcast and weren't familiar with us. And it was just suddenly super exciting. Yeah. Like they were into it, you know, and um, at least one of them had had a little bit of experience with the game before, but um, actually from their side, they had led the game, but hadn't ever played it. It ended up being an absolute blast. It was the one thing over the weekend that I was terrified 
to do and ended up being the highlight of the weekend for yeah, me. Yeah, like I would uh, look over and I'd see you just having a grand old time Aww. with those guys over there. Yeah. I, they, I could tell that that table was having a lot of fun. They, yeah. they seemed yeah. like they did. If they weren't, they were faking it well and <laughs> very nice to me. You know what I mean? And, and I, so, should, I should throw out there real quick for anybody listening. We never got to make an announcement about this, at least on the actual podcast. But so at Gen Con, we ended up running a four-hour session of Monster of the Week where each one of us here at the table game mastered for the people who signed up. We found out, I believe it was Wednesday night, technically Thursday morning, at about 1.30 in the morning as we were standing in line to pick up our tickets that about 36 hours from then we would be running Monster of the Week. So we didn't really get to advertise it in any way for anybody coming to Gen Con. Uh, But now that we know the dates of Gen Con next year, um, we've already talked about this a little bit. I think we will certainly do that again, maybe do a section of it every day so that people, more people can join us and play the game. That'd be amazing. Hell yes. Yeah, so it was a good time. Uh, what about you, Jake? Same thing. Yeah. Running, the, running the games was the most fun part. I had a lot of good people. I had a big table. I had five people at mine. Yeah, um, and also almost all of them had not weren't familiar with us. Yeah, one of them knew the show and had listened to it some. He was at the live show. And then the rest of them, two of them like had planned to come at least, but didn't know who we were. Mm-hmm. And one of them had no experience with the game system or like most game systems, I think. And then two of them were like walk-ins at the last second. They just, they showed up with generic tickets and they were like, we want to do this thing. They had no clue about any of that. Um, but yeah, they were all fantastic. Uh, one of the players was a, a woman who was an artist and she was just cranking out people's character profiles as we played. Like everybody would describe when we got through character creation, what they looked like. And she would ask them for some details. And then she just out of nowhere produced all of these amazing drawings and gave them out to everybody. So like everybody at that table was super into their characters and super into the game. And it was it was nice. It was a good investment. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. So she like weird scienced a bunch of pictures together. Yes. basically, Just like she I, rolled critical on all of them. Except it made sense. I imagine she's just well studied. Yeah, <laughs> the way Jake described it was like it wasn't weird science because she didn't have to roll. It was kind of effortless that she was just talking and rolling a die and then going back to it and coming out. And yeah, it was like secondary. It was yeah. incredible. Yeah, Ooh. those drawings were amazing. I had no idea that was going on until after our session ended and we walked over and just saw everybody still freaking out over it. Yeah, and she let, she let me keep one of them. She drew her character in more detail and it was like a, it was the monstrous, it was a half demon and it was super awesome. Oh, it's I amazing. saw that. I yeah. should actually, I should take a picture of that and like upload that on some of the social media or oh, something yeah, so people can look at yeah, that. Yeah, we should throw that up. What about you, TJ? Um, I enjoyed everybody's company at Gen Con. Yeah. Um, I didn't do too much like in the way of sitting down at games or anything because it was my first Gen Con and I didn't know what to do. I honestly like going, like you guys were like, we're going to Gen Con. I'm like, Okay, it's just another convention, I thought, you know? No, it's like games galore and everything, and you just basically can either sit down and play whatever games you want, or you can, you know, sign up for games, or you can get, like, the tickets like we did for mm-hmm. the fiasco. Um, and I I was going to this not knowing any of that. So the first day that I got there, I was kind of on my own while you guys were, uh, I think you had other things to do yeah, that day. I was, I was playing a Harry Potter skinned D&D game. Yeah. That's and so uh, which is really cool. You have to tell us about that. Yeah. Um, and I was just walking around like, what is going on? And I walked in like the first room that I walked in was like the giant game room where they had all the tables laid out. And I was like, what is going on here? Where where's the vendors and things like that? Uh, and then I realized, oh, it's on the other side of the room in another hall. So 
So I started going there and just like looking around and like there's so much to see and so much to do. And there's so many people that I just like couldn't focus on anything. Any one sure. thing. There was just yeah. so much overstimulation. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And so like throughout the entirety of our, our time there, like I was just like, okay, guys, what are we going to do next? <laughs> and I was just waiting for you guys to do things <laughs> so I could do things. Yeah. One, of, one of my friends or our friends, Jesse keeps reminding me and it was not more evident than today especially when i'm feel like i'm dragging myself over a finish line that gen con is a marathon not a sprint like if you don't prepare and mm-hmm. pace yourself you're gonna get the shit beat out you yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if anybody's not familiar with gen con it starts on wednesday night and it ends sunday afternoon and there are scheduled games and events going on 24 7 the will call does not close you can buy generic tickets you can buy tickets online to events you know the pathfinder society thing is going 24 7 there are sections of this convention that are non-stop and there are people who go and they probably rest for three or four days before and after because they don't stop um what about you though you know it's kind of a toss-up um in the sense of just us hanging out like my friends at this table, one of the coolest things for me was we went and sat down and we had a chance to play through some Pugmire. Oh, yeah. I and loved that, by the way. Eddie yeah. Webb, the creator of Pugmire, I've known Eddie for about uh, two and a half years now. I directed the audio game that is connected to the Pugmire Kickstarter, his earplay game. I'm also in it. I play one of the main characters. And to sit down with someone who is such a well-known name in the gaming industry, someone who has worked on so many titles, created so many IPs, and to see him playing with what at the time I considered my players and watching him enjoy you guys as much as I do and you guys play off of him was really cool because I just don't know how to describe it. It was just a really cool moment to see these two different sides of my uh, of my work kind of come together in a really, uh, a really cathartic way. Yeah. But the cool thing like for us at the table playing these games... I could not believe the number of people who talked to me and like, oh, yeah, I am writing or I have just written a Powered by the Apocalypse game. I'll send you a copy of it if you guys want to play it. I would love to hear you guys play it. So we definitely have a couple more games now oh, uh, nice. in the chamber that we're going to play through some of them that have not launched yet. So this might yeah. be the place where you can hear it played through first. There was one very interesting one that takes place in feudal Japan. Ooh. It's all this intrigue and stuff. So that could be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, I have to say real quick, I can't, I don't think I can say too much because I'm not sure if we know uh, what people are going to be able to listen to, but oh my God, that live show yeah. was so good, Rev. <laughs> it was so damn good. And again, I can't say too much about it, but um, it was nice to have a very solid crowd of people there watching and enjoying and clearly they were listeners you know people that had heard us and wanted to come in and we had a few people that hadn't but um just the nature of one of the events kind of a reveal that you gave us in the story was the most rewarding thing that the crowd roared they cheered at essentially a callback from the series hell i roared (laughs) i know i mean of course we did and it just to hear that from a, a an actual physical in person crowd of people yeah. cheering at our material. Oh, it was, you, you it was did a good, very man. Cool moment. <laughs> we will certainly be back at Gen Con next year in force. We will attempt to put the live show up so everybody who wasn't able to make it to Gen Con can listen to it. We had a couple technical difficulties with the sound. Not 
That's a generous way of putting it. <laughs> uh, we didn't have the ability to have monitoring, nor could we get the arms for the microphones on, so all the mics were handheld. Uh, and TJ kind of treated his like a boom for a while, pointing it at what he thought was important to listen to. And we also left off the filters. There were no filters on the microphone. Four grown-ass men. Yep. We didn't We didn't even yep. pretend to remember. So we'll see. Hopefully it is salvageable. Uh, Jeff O'Brien, who has been helping us uh, through all these months with the sound, is very good, so he might be able to give me some some hints. Um, so yeah, but yeah, Gen Con, we thrived. We did. Yes, we did. But, I but did. now I'm dying. Now I want to die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and next year, we hope a lot more of you can join us for these events because it was a blast. You yeah. know, I, I played a number of games while we were there. And a lot of times it was just people at tables and they were kind of having their own thing. But we were lucky enough for our games that we had a room. And so we were able to engage the whole room as we were picking uh, playbooks and stuff. And so everybody kind of got to play and know each other before we went into the individual games. And so there was just a feeling of the whole room being there together, which was which was kind of unique to what oh, yeah. I had seen, at least. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we get into the episode, uh, I do have a crit story. <gasps> oh, um, I'm a couple behind, Ooh. so I want to make sure that we get to a few of is these. This, uh, uh, critical failures or critical successes? You know, this or? is a critical failure. I actually have not yet gotten a crit success. So again, <laughs> um, if you have a crit failure or a crit success, that's a story that you really like when you retell send it to us uh, at the cast at the crit show podcast.com and we'll make sure to share that with everybody uh, so this comes from alex will our party was in search of a ship to take us across the sea this led us to the ship of the dread pirate quigley a rather salty gnome and a shrewd negotiator <laughs> after a rather frustrating conversation he came to an agreement Finding the agreed-upon amount to still be too high for his taste, our comrade Jenk, the Mole Barbarian, attempted to intimidate Quigley. The resulting critical failure led to the gnome falling madly in love with him. <laughs> <laughs> the Dread Pirate had become our newest and most devoted follower, which of course meant allowing us to travel on his ship. And during our voyage, we were attacked by raiders. Jenk had climbed the rigging to fix an issue with the sails. Upon finishing with the sails, he attempted a Macho Man Randy Savage-esque leap from the mast. Failure struck again, causing him to slip and fall from the mast instead. Next came an acrobatics check on how he would land. Another one. He plummeted toward the edge of the deck, just close enough for his feet to catch the lip of the railing and slam him into the side of the ship <laughs> before he finally tumbled into the water. I'd like to think he finally got a good roll on that dice when it landed in the garbage. <laughs> That's some Looney Tunes stuff. It just is. Catching your toes on the railing and slamming into the side of the ship. Just you take 10 falling damage and 5 pride damage. You just <laughs> yeah, the problem is, is that like 8 of that damage is just in your toe knuckles. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, if you've got stories uh, that you want us to share, please send those our way and we will make sure to uh, keep reading them off. Uh, but I think for now, it's time to let the recap roll. The engineering room just got jettisoned by the creature. The creature is in it and TJ is also. Good luck to you, Jake. I nod quietly in terror. And she reaches out and hits a button and the door blows open. I want to use explosive decompression to shoot the engineering lab back into the, the <laughs> space station. This is the most baller move. <laughs> Knock on the window to get TJ's attention. Mess up the runes so I can teleport. Whenever I discovered David Young's spacesuit, it had actual parts inside of it. Humanoid mechanical parts. Like Terminator skeleton in the suit? Yeah. 
we at least know that we're dealing with a golem of some kind. Not so much clay and more bright murder light? As far as I know, golems have to be made of something, not not light. Dr. White, uh, can you come help us with this examination? Well, the only thing that I noticed on the body that wasn't normal, there were a couple of lacerations near, like, the bicep or the shoulder. What do you think about trying to get to that wrecked station and see what's there? You look down at the flashing message on the computer monitor, and it reads, Emergency redocking sequence. Eye of Horus complete. TJ and Tass, after you feel the station shudder and the lights go out, you hear a scream coming from further inside of the Eye of Horus. Son of a bitch. Oh, no. um, what? Like, towards what uh, station? It sounds like it's coming from the Arcanum. Okay. Uh-huh. And it's, is it just, like, pitch black? As you're hearing the scream, a couple of emergency lights kick on, but it's very dark. Okay, well, I guess I'm going to get out my light rifle and put it to some use. Um, All right. I'll turn it on the wider scope, the, like, shotgun scope, and start heading that way. And I'll okay. follow him with my hand on his shoulder, SWAT style. Yeah. Jake, yeah. you have heard this scream come from down the corridor. You realize that the engineering bay has somehow redocked to the Eye of Horus. All right. Um, what direction do I think the scream came from? Can I can I tell? Can you I just know that, that it came down from down the ladder. I'm going to start taking off my spacesuit as I go. So you're just ditching the spacesuit as you go? Yeah. Okay. That's going to bite me in the ass, but yeah. No, fine. no. They have. They surely have an infinite number of these around. <laughs> is there a comm panel near me? There is. Cool. I'm going to hit that and... It doesn't work. Oh, but... Um, okay, I'm going to keep moving and try and find a person or the scream. Roll read a bad situation. I'm going to choose these two. Let's see. See what they got. Seven. All right. You get a hold one. Uh, what's my best way in? I'm trying to figure out what direction I need to go. So I feel like that's the most relevant of the questions. Yeah. You can tell that it came from the Arcanum. Okay. Going that way. The best way into the Arcanum, you know that there is only one entrance into the Arcanum, but there is also the large glass dome at the top of the Arcanum. So we're going to need you to go outside, bust your way in. Please do this I for me. I feel like that's the implication. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of people are going to get sucked into the vacuum of space from the Arcanum. No. No, it's fine. You all three meet up in the hallway right outside the Arcanum. And you can see that down the hallway, there's a large amount of light pouring out of the door. And you hear the muffled struggle of what you assume is Reeves. Where did you come from? The engineering bay redocked with the station. Neat. I'm going to take out my pistol and head towards the shiny light. I'm going to get out my electroblaster, which is in this case a uh, wrist-mounted sort of uh, gauntlet that has like two little prongs shooting out of it that will uh, <laughs> blast electricity at things. Oh, okay. I, I love that a lot. So you all three walk towards the door with your various weapons in hand. What am I seeing? You said there's bright light emanating from the door. Yep. Okay, so that we're not actually seeing anything in the door yet. Correct. Yeah, I, I'm just gonna go ahead and go around, go to the door, and have the gun up and see what I see. From the front door, you don't see anything. The room is filled with light. Okay. And uh, you can hear her kind of whimpering and crying. Oh God. Yeah, I'm gonna rush in and try to see, find the source of the light, and head to it. Roll investigate a mystery. Uh, that is an eight. You get a hold one. Okay, I guess, um, where did it go? So as you come in this room, it is filled with light, and it is hard to make anything out because it's so luminous in here. In one of the corners, 
of the pentagram, you can see just barely that dark center. And you can tell that that is the core of the creature. That light creature is in here and it's standing in that corner. Oh, man. Can I see Reeves at all? No. Okay. I guess I am just going to sprint towards that kind of shadowy area and I'm going to try to tackle it. Like what I'm trying to do isn't necessarily hurt it, but to get it away from, you know, if I clearly heard her whimpering, I assume she's over there somewhere. If I can't see her, I want to get it out of the way. All right, roll protect someone. Okay. That is a nine. So you rush towards the creature, Tass, and you feel into just this light, and you feel what you think must be Reeves, and you try to wrench her away, and you get slammed in the side. You take three points of damage. Oof. But she comes with you. Oh, okay. Awesome. Then if I have a hold of her, I'm just trying to backpedal. I'm, you know, I don't know if she's moving on her own or if I'm dragging, but I'm just trying to get her bodily backwards. I'm trying to get towards the entrance to the room. TJ, what are you doing? I am looking for answers to this mystery because it is so just like... (laughs) We keep going very much back and forth where we're like, uh, we know how to kill it, but we need to know who's in charge of it first. So, so you should probably get a book uh-huh. out right now yeah. Yeah. and use this nice light that we <laughs> to have. do some to read by. <laughs> to good reading. Right. Yeah. Uh, I assume the brightest or the light is so bright that even if I were to look at a book, the letters would just be encompassed with light and like all the letters would, yeah. Um, as you start to like study the light, roll investigate a mystery. Okay, I will. Uh, that would be a six. You turn and start to think about the light and how is it so bright in this room, especially when there's only one source, which is the creature. And you turn to say something to Jake and you trip over what you remember now as your face hits the ground as the stool that she was sitting on at the <laughs> table at the center. It makes a very loud clatter sound. And suddenly you do see the creature because you see the dark core starting to move towards you. Jake, you see that the other two have kind of vanished into this light. What are you doing? I'm trying to look for somebody. Like, I'm trying to look for Reeves or the creature. All right, roll investigate a mystery. Eight. Nice. You get hold one. What's being concealed here? That's a good question. As you're realizing that you can't see anybody, it's so bright in here, you start to have the same realization that TJ had, that it seems too bright for a single source, especially coming from one location, and you know that Tass must have run in that direction, you realize that all of the lights are off in all the other rooms, but every source of light in this room is on. The floodlights, the normal lights, any piece of machinery, any piece of technology, everything is on and at its peak brightness. And that is what is creating this dazing effect of light. And you realize looking back at the footage you guys investigated, that maybe that's constantly happening. When the creature's in the room, it's not necessarily always the source of the light, but that it's getting help from all the other sources of light within the room. Oh, that's dirty. Okay. Not that I know that yet, but oof. I'm going to start smashing light bulbs. How? Like you throw in your hammer? Like are you just like punching the light bulbs near you? Are you... So I've been in here, and I have... an idea of where lights are probably like there's probably some ceiling lights yeah i know floodlights are always in the corners of these rooms yeah and whatever so yeah probably from where i'm standing i'm gonna take my hammer and i'm just gonna 
chuck it at the ceiling right above me and hope something shatters and try and catch it again. And like, if that's correct, then like take another couple steps and basically just like juggling this thing, like ceiling back to me, like on my way to a corner where I assume floodlights are, toss it at that corner, you know, like just wherever I think that there's probably lights, I'm trying to hit them with my hammer. Yeah, I think you can do that with no problem. It's you're really just throwing up your hammer and trying to catch it again. I don't think that requires a roll. And you notice after one or two times that the light in this part of the pentagram gets a little less and you're starting to be able to make out shapes in this part of the room again. Uh, And I'm just going to yell out, it's manipulating the lights in the room. Start smashing light bulbs. So Tash, you have Reeves with you. You're both on the ground. What would you like to do? You hear Jake shout this. You can actually kind of start to see where Jake is because that part of the room isn't quite as blinding anymore. I'm going to start dragging her towards that area. And I've just got her saying, I've got you. Just hold on and um, haul an ass that way. No problem. This thing has its focus elsewhere. So it is not trying to stop you from getting her out of the room. TJ, you see this dark core approach you and it raises its fists as if it's getting ready to smash you. Hold up my arm like Mega Man, basically, and uh, use the arm blaster to uh, two-fisted science this son of a bitch. And what does two-fisted science allow you to do again? Uh, That would make uh, me roll sharp to kick some ass instead of tough. Yeah. All right. Six. Oh my God. You hold your blaster up and try to unleash against the creature, and it's so bright, and you're trying to track the electricity coming out of the end that you're not quite sure. You're like uh, Winston the first time he uses the proton pack. You're not, you can't quite get it to where you want to go. This is a brand new weapon, and the creature successfully slams down on you. You take three points of damage, and you are just laid flat in front of it. Tash, you were able to get reeves to the front door of the arcanum and you pass jake as you do so and as you do pass him you both hear this sizzling sound of some kind of weapon being fired and you hear tj kind of grunt and a slam can i identify the direction that was it sounds like it's coming from the center of the room i'm gonna move that way and try to hurt a bitch not tj the other one (laughs) (laughs) not cool (laughs) roll investigate a mystery you're trying to Focus your eyes like everyone else has to see the core of this thing. Six. Oh, my God. Yeah, you don't seem to be able to find it. You find yourself in another corner of the room. Tess, what are you doing once you have her to the front door? Uh, I'm going to get her out into the hallway. I want to see if she's even alive. She is. She's alive. Okay. Can you walk? Yes. Get to safety. Get out of here. We're going to try to take care of this. Okay. Um, Like, take care of it. Like, do you want me to seal you in here? Oh, geez. I mean, shut the door, but like, I don't want a young Frankenstein situation where we don't know how to open the door if we need to. Good luck. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah. There's so much happening. And, and gonna, she skitters down the hallway. And I'm going to turn. Skitters? <laughs> yeah. I assume, She's on all fours. <laughs> I just assume she like skips down the hallway like, tra la la. I'm free now. Bye bye. <laughs> I don't have to do any of this. TJ, you are still in the middle of the room with the creature what would you like to do i'd like to level up that can't possibly be right (laughs) (laughs) yeah it sure is all right so what are you going to take i'm going to make my weird go up by one so i've got a maximum of plus three weird for all you people playing at home all right all right so aside from level up what do you want to do it's raising its arms to slam you again I want to try and shoot it once more but this time with a little bit more accuracy 
All right. Roll kick some ass. <laughs> Seven. Oh, good. Oh, my God. You take three points of harm. It also takes three points of harm from your blaster. And as you see the electricity from this blaster connect with the creature, little explosions, little pops start to happen all over the arm and the piece of the chest where you hit it. And you notice that it's starting to go dark in those spots, that the light coming from it is drastically less. And with what you found out in the science lab, you'd know that sound. It's the sound of popping light bulbs. TJ, how are you doing after that hit? Not good. You remember whenever I got smacked by that vampire and I basically almost died? Yeah. It's the same thing. It's that same thing. Uh, you got smacked twice by the creature. Yeah. Oh, you don't have any armor. No, none oh. whatsoever. Not anymore. Jake, you can hear all of this commotion going on in the center of the room, and it sounds like you just heard TJ take a pretty heavy hit. You hear him grunt. Uh, I mean, I want to look that direction. Can I see anything yet? Yeah, it seems like the light in the middle of the room has gotten a little less bright, and you can see that dark core of the creature that you're used to seeing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to run over there, and I'm going to deck that thing. All right, roll kick some ass. That's a three and a one plus two tough. That's a six. Oh my God. So Jake, you run towards the creature. You finally can see it. You go to swing the hammer at it and it moves just enough that when you swing, you swing right past it and it bear hugs you and you take three points of damage as it starts to squeeze you and you hear these pop sounds continue to happen and you feel little cuts on your skin. Tass, you hear chaos inside of the room. Reeves has just run away. What are you going to do? Shut the door. And then I think I'm still working with my uh, pistol, but I'm going to try to get close enough to see if I can see it. You can see it from here. Okay. Can I see it clearly enough to see if I would be, if I wanted to line up a shot, is there somebody in the way? Is that evident? It's big enough that you'd be able to get a shot. You can see that there are figures. There's one at its feet. There's one kind of dancing with it. They're tangled together, but you can still clearly see where the light is emanating from. Uh, can I tell what the figure at its feet is doing? Like, is it something crumpled? Is there something crouched? It's pretty crumpled. Okay, I'm going to lower the gun and run for whichever one I think that might be and try to do the same maneuver. Just try to roll in and start dragging. All right, roll, protect someone. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just wish you would stop rolling so terribly. <laughs> I mean, all my rolls have been amazing today. Uh, uh, yep, I'm God. eating those words. Yeah. Uh, so those dice are set aside for my sweet three that I just rolled. Tash, you run forward and try to pull the figure out of the way. As you get close, you see it's TJ, and he groans very loudly when you touch him, and the creature takes notice, and this thing is strong, and you hear the door starting to shut. You've started the sequence to lock the door. It releases Jake with one arm and swings him into you. You oh. take two points of damage, and it charges out the door as it closes behind it, leaving you three in the Arcanum. Son of a bitch! The lights um. start to all shut down. I mean, I would run over to the door and seeing that it is like sealed, is there just like a button to press that will open it back up? Yeah. Okay, then I'll hit that. Well, you push the button and nothing happens. You realize that all the energy in the room is gone. Then I'm going to angrily slam a fist on that door and then go back to them and make sure that TJ's okay. He is in bad shape. He's kind of in like a V shape. Like he's just <laughs> been snapped, but it's backwards. Like his, oh. yeah, yeah, he's like he's just been 
pummeled into the ground. Oh my god! From the middle, just <laughs> like accordion. Just, just no, no, no. Like it was pounding you in the center, and so your oh, feet and your head were folding backwards to meet each other as you went you've, further and further you've gone into the full ground. Scorpion. Whoa. Yes. Like that in that one uh, Jason, where the guy's on the collapsible bed, and Jason just folds the oh, bed. Oh yeah, that's Freddy versus Jason. Oh, if nice. that happens, yeah, folds him up backwards. Yeah, he's bad. Oh, God. Um, I don't know that I can deal with this. Uh, I'm going to get him to the med bay. You oh, think okay. that if you try to move him, he is unstable and dying. Oh, God. So just technically speaking, if you try to move him, he probably will not make it. Okay. Um, I think I need to go get White. Um, I don't know that I can handle this. Or I could try and kill him. <laughs> or I could try and kill him. I got to try. I got to try. I don't think I have time to go get White and get back. Uh, so I'm going to get out my kit and try to unfold him, I guess. All right, roll it. I just pulled from the random bag, and it's two beautiful neon orange dice, my favorite color. This cannot go wrong. I'm going to cover my eyes with my hands. You probably just, should. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Seven, and then I roll. Well, either way, mixed success. All right, so do you want to stabilize him or cure some harm? I need to stabilize him for right. sure. So, TJ, you are now stable. Okay, he's uh, stable, but he is in bad, bad shape. You realize as you guys sit in the silence and you're looking over TJ's body telling Jake the condition that he's in that it's quiet in here. And it's quieter than any room you've been on in the ship. And I don't think it takes any specialty knowledge to know it's quiet because you don't hear the air circulating. Oh, okay. Okay, neat. All the power in this room is completely gone. All right, well, uh, I'm going to go back to the door and I'm going to try and wrench it open. All right, roll no limits. 13. Nice. Yep, this will never close again. (laughs) (laughs) You wrench this door open and and you feel the air come rushing into the room. Okay, I'm going to turn back and point at Tass. Get him to the med bay. I'm going after the thing. Oh, God. Okay, make sure your uh, your throat comms on. I'm going to situate that for both TJ and I and then start dragging him by the hair, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where are you going, Jake? So when you come out of the Arcanum, you come into a common room that has three directions to go. Well, I want to see if there's any sign of where the thing went, if there's shattered glass bits making a trail or anything like that. Roll investigate a mystery. Five. Oh, my God. You think- oh, also, sorry. I forgot that I leveled up after my last failure. Oh, nice. Um, which doesn't affect any of this because I was going to take what I need when I need it, uh-huh. where I get my own little pocket dimension that I can store small objects in and they just appear in my hand. That's nothing so far. Just tucking so. your hammer away for now as you scratch your chin wondering where the creature went. Yeah. So you think that it went towards the crew quarters, which would mean that you need to go to your left. I'm going to go that way. And you guys are headed straight because you're going back to the med bay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jake, you go into the common room between the crew quarters. It's another four-way stop. You've got the crew quarters, one on each side. Then you also have the mess hall directly in front. Uh, again, is there any indication, any kind of trail? You don't see anything. Do I know the difference between crew quarters? Is it like men's quarters on one side, women's quarters on the other? You or? don't. You guys haven't been in here yet. I'll go left. All right. I remember that we had talked about ultimately investigating a crew quarters. So on that train of thought, oh, maybe it's one of the crew. Maybe they went back to their bunk to get something or to hide or whatever. So yeah, I'll go left. So you go into the crew quarters on the left. You see that there are four cots and little cabinets. And there's also 
a room in the center of this room. You can tell it's kind of like the officer's place. They get a closed off space, whereas the other four kind of share a, a loft area. They have a little corner that they can go into, but they don't really have privacy per se. Are you looking around outside? You want to go into the room in the middle? What are you doing? So the one in the middle is like you can go all the way around this uh -huh. room. It's like a column, essentially. Yeah. Uh, I mean, first I'd make a pass around that. Okay. Roll investigate a mystery. Oh, no. You're me today. I have failed again. I have failed thrice in a row. You don't find anything. And you accidentally take a shit on someone's pillow. <laughs> oh, God. I like, Leave your DNA behind. It seems like you're just... Duty. You're out of punishments to give me. <laughs> like, no. I've done everything I can to you. You just, just are exposing information about yourself. You just don't know how. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's fair. Data is being collected about you. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> you're leaving uh, fingerprints, footprints, DNA. Well, then I would check the center room. You go into the center room and you can see that it is relatively empty. Um, it looks like it should be like the captain or the commander's quarters, um, but there's no one set up in this room. It's weird. Are there people set up at the other ones? Around the outside, yeah. Well, then failing all of this, I would run across to the other crew quarters. Okay. And it's the exact same setup except flipped. The doors are on the opposite side. And, and just do the same thing, a pass around the outside and then check the middle room. All right, roll investigate a mystery. Hey, oh, there we go. There it uh, is. Eleven. All right, you get a hold two. Um, what's being concealed here? So you go through this second set of crew quarters, and the room in the middle is Commander Sroka's. You can see that she's got some pictures up. She's got stuff in here. You find that all four of these stations on the outside are also set up, and one of those stations you find a set of gloves. And on the gloves, there's a very strange-looking grease. And it's strange just because you have not seen evidence of people working on things. You have not seen any kind of oils or fluids or greases or any of the things required to make things work outside of the training room or the engineering lab outside of those places. But it's very, very slick. It looks like it's kind of silicone-based, and it's all over the fingertips of these gloves. And the gloves are tucked underneath the pillow of Riley's station. Well, I think I'll spend my other hold on uh, what happened here. What, what is the garbage on the gloves? Yeah, so what happened here, you can get kind of a clear image in your head because as you look at the stains on the fingertips, it actually reminds you when you have seen people that you know working with plumbing, you know, if you're doing a seal on something and you put the caulk on and you get the fingertip wet and you run it down and it makes that line on the finger. And as you try to clean it, you use each finger down the row and then you eventually brush it off. You can see that the stuff on the fingertip is really, really dense and it has been applied and scraped off. And you can see on the shape of the finger looks like where the helmet seals on the spacesuit you just took off. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to get on the throat, Mike. Guys, I found a pair of Riley's gloves in his bunk. They've got some kind of grease on them, and it like it has kind of the shape of where the helmet's seal. I think he might have tampered with Young's helmet. And before you get a response, let's cut over to what they've been doing. So you guys are headed towards the med bay. You see Jake go off to the left, 
and you guys go straight ahead. And as you get closer to the hallway that leads into the med bay, the med bay, the science lab, and the training room all share that same corridor. Mm-hmm. You see light pouring out of that hallway. And you can see just far enough down to see that the training room door is closed and sealed, but the med bay door is open. And you think that's where the light is coming from. Oh, that ain't great. Um, Tej, I'm going to have to set you down, bub. Uh, I got to take a look in here. I think it's in there. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to backtrack a little and like set him, you know, in the hallway around the corner. All right. So you're setting him in the library. Yeah. He okay. does it. Yep. Just chill. You could also, if you want to go to the next door, you could put him in the atrium. That might be nice. I oh. know that he said he wanted to die in someplace tropical. Yeah, that's true. I'll do that. I'm just going to sit you in a fern. You, you go back for him and he is ankles deep in a Venus flytrap. Giant Venus flytrap. This is what he would have wanted. Is he screaming? <laughs> it's slowly digesting me over thousands of years. Ah. Yeah, so I'll leave him in the atrium. As you start to do that, you hear Jake's voice tell you that he found a pair of Riley's gloves. There seems to be something on the finger of the gloves that indicate to him that maybe he tampered with David Young's helmet. Oh, my God. And I'm kind of doing the whispery, you know, kind of thing. Okay, noted. Uh, I think it's in the med bay right now. You got to get over here. And uh, I want to kind of listen to see if I hear anything. Roll act under pressure. Okay. You're going to try to sneak a listen at this door as you're talking to him. And you're kind of waiting for time to pass to see if he arrives. That is a 13. You lean right next to the doorframe and you hear from inside something moving around. And you can see the lights shifting in the room. You can hear very shallow breathing. It sounds like White's asleep. Okay, that's good. If I, if I feel like I'm hearing that, I'm going to hold off until okay. Jake gets here. So, Jake, you head back towards the med bay, I assume? I do. You rush through the Eye of Horus, and you are able to make it to Tass, uh, who is standing just outside the med bay. You pass the training room, and you can see that everyone else is huddled inside of the training room with the door sealed, and you can see that there is some magic sparkling off the door. What's the plan? Are we just going in after it? I make a pew-pew motion with my hand, and I point in at the door, and that's all I know. That's all of the sign language I've learned. Up until now. They didn't teach you like SWAT hand signals at IRT? They probably did. I, I'm terrible with that stuff. And uh, I'm going to go in. I'm just going to kind of pop in the doorway and go high and then bounce back. And I am going to wait right around that corner so that if it comes out, I am prepared to hit it. You hear shuffling for a moment and then silence and then a heavy slam. Oh, no. I'm running in. And before you can get in, you hear what you assume is the last breath of White. You can see the creature is right behind where White's limp body now is, and there is blood coming out the sides, and it starts to move towards you. I'm going to take a shot. Okay, roll kick some ass. Damn it. That's a six. Hard six. It kicks you out the door. Uh, Three points of damage. And it rounds the corner, Jake, and you are there. You see Tass kind of scream in frustration and then get kicked backwards and slam into the wall. And it is right in front of you, headed towards the training room. I want to hit it. All right, we'll kick some ass. 
Seven. You take three points of damage. It, I assume, also takes three points of damage. Yes. You hear when you hit it that there is more crackling sound, but it kind of sidesteps you and starts to pummel the door of the training room. Tass, what are you doing? You've just hit the wall, slid down. You've seen Jake square off with this, and now it has kind of moved around him and focused its attention on the door. Are all the lights and stuff in here going off? Like They're not. Okay. I want to try to get its attention on me. Um, I think I'm far enough away that, you know, essentially what I want to do is like pull out the shotgun that's just wide, you know, buckshot essentially um, that I know won't pierce any hole or anything like that um, and just kind of take a shot towards it to piss it off. Roll protect someone. Okay. That's a four and I level up. Great. What are you going to take? You should get your car back. Jesus. <laughs> it just comes smashing in. The car just comes crashing into the space station. It's alive. It's like Herbie the love bug. Like, I love you. I think this is an excellent opportunity for me to realize, hey, I am absolutely not using the training I just went through. I'm I'm backpedaling because I'm under pressure, and I, I've got to calm down, slow down, and just focus. Okay. So I'm taking Battlefield Awareness, which essentially gives me that permanent extra armor. Uh, okay. So that's, yeah, that's it. So with your Protect Someone roll, you fire the buckshot towards the creature, and you see that the magic around the door sparks and flares and dies out. And you can see that there were runes and magic around the door, and the buckshot disturbed some of them, and the spell dissipates that's protecting the door. And it looks like with one more good hit, the creature is going to be in the door with the rest of the crew. I want to get it away from this door. Like, as it goes to take a slam, I'm just like, no! And just trying to grab it around the waist and throw it off that door. All right, roll protect someone. What is happening? (laughs) I don't think we have collectively failed this many rolls in a single episode yet. Who of you is going to level up? Which one of you is going to level up twice this episode? Uh, Me, I think. Uh, That's a six. That's a failure. Yeah, you try to knock the creature out of the way. It shrugs you off and slams the door open and moves into the room. TJ, you hear chaos coming from down the hallway. You hear explosions. You hear gunshots. You hear people screaming out. You hear slams. You feel the ship shaking. Is there anything you want to do? Or are you, you're in bad shape, but I don't want to assume that you're just going to lay here. No, I'm uh, definitely going to reach into my pocket and pull out the only thing that <laughs> means anything to me at this moment, <laughs> which is... A werewolf's blood serum All right. injection. All right, you are fully healed. Plus, I this is your first one in a week, that's so true, that's, that's true. good news. I mean, you didn't see the ones he was sneaking on the camping trip. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> the little <laughs> sips he was taking. <laughs> As we were packing out our trash to leave, I'm like, "What are these?" He just portioned them into smaller, little, just little. Got to get my bump like, to get uh, to normal, you know. Yeah. Oh my god. He actually has one of those really fancy insulin pumps on his side that just has werewolf blood in it. Oh, my God. So it just randomly just puts (laughs) them into his system. Yeah, so you feel phenomenal. I assume you head towards the sound, and you see Jake fall to the ground. You see that Tass is on 
the far wall with a shotgun out, and you see the back of the creature as it enters the training room. Are there any accoutrements in this uh, here corridor? Is it pretty blank? I mean, there's all kinds of stuff around. There is lights and electronics. I mean, it is a space station, so everything is comprised of various parts and pieces. Because I want to take his light rifle and turn it into a black light rifle. Oh, you want to turn it into like an anti-light rifle? Yeah. Okay. I love you so I much. I think that you know the way that his light rifle works. You're also in the vacuum of space, and you know that black holes absorb light. You think that you can maybe connect the light rifle to the ship somehow and have it draw some energy from just the void of space and use it to suck the light out into the void of space. I love it. That's so comic booky that I am. Do it. I am aroused by that. There's magic in this game. We can get away with anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Roll weird science. Come on, baby. Nine. So what is your requirement? Well, then it requires huge amounts of power or fuel then. All right. And then you get to choose one. You'll need help to finish it. You need Reeves' help as the person in the Arcanum to make the connection between the power source on the gun, the power source of the ship, and then the back of the light rifle and outer space. Okay. But you can see it with your theoretical engineering. You know the spells that you need. You just can't cast them. Great. Uh, is there a comm panel anywhere? I mean, she is in the room that the door is open. Oh. Yeah. The whole crew is in that room. Okay. Guys, I need a distraction. So TJ, a wild TJ appears, <laughs> grabs your light rifle from your back and starts fiddling with it and then says that he needs a distraction and you see him walking into the training room. Okay. The creature starts to notice TJ's presence as he walks into the room. I want to run up to the creature. I want to try and like sweep the leg. I'm just trying to get its focus directly on me. I am antagonizing it. All right, roll protect someone. Eight. Yeah, you are able to get its attention away from the crew and away from TJ, and it starts to grapple with you, and you take one point of damage as it starts to lock with you. It remembers hugging you before, and it seems like it's trying to do that again. (laughs) (laughs) And it's lonely in the void of space. Music starts playing. TJ, the room... Is yours. I go to Reeves immediately and I take her and I grab her and I bring her out of the way of harm. Okay. And you tell her what you need. Yes, I definitely tell her what I need. And she does. She very quickly does them and the gun should now be working. I yell to Jake, throw him into the middle of the room. Okay. I'm going to basically try to... It It's like humanoid shaped ish right like it's it got is. like head it arms is. Like- and you can see as you're this close to it now from those last couple hits you can actually see areas of broken bulbs and because you're so close you can see part of what the bulbs are attached to and it looks like the spacesuit that you took off like it looks like all of these bulbs all of these light sources are attached to a spacesuit yeah so i'm gonna try to just like Muay Thai clear this thing like get it like get its head and turn it and just take a big step and chuck it toward the middle of the room away from everybody all right roll no limits yeah dog. 11 <laughs> I just hit myself in the head he did <laughs> you turn making it think that you're gonna like sweep the leg and instead you like grab the arm and you do like the old self-defense of like the pullover and it slams its back on the ground and you hear a bunch of shattering and popping and then you take a step back and I will shoot it with this anti-light 
rifle. All right. I don't believe that this requires kick some ass. You are just trying to wash this thing with the light that you made. The light is not the right word because it's not light that comes out of this, but it seems like waves and the waves are pulling towards the gun. And you see as it washes over the creature that the light starts to bend and warp and pull into the rifle and you can see energy coming out the back and just going away. But as you wash it over, you see now that this is a full spacesuit covered in all of these electronics and bulbs and inside of the face mask, you see a metallic skull and it's looking around the room and it gets up and takes a fighting stance again but you can all clearly see now what it is and the metal head looks like the piece that Tass saw in the machine it looks like the pieces that you found inside of that other suit it is very clearly some kind of metal creature wearing this light bulb suit I'm gonna run over to Riley and I'm gonna like grab him by the scruff his neck like pick him up and just be like call it off what what do you mean call it off i found the gloves i know you tampered with his suit i know you got him killed i assume you're behind this thing too stop it no i didn't i didn't i didn't do this thing what was the shit on your gloves i I, listen you gotta get this thing away from me and it starts to approach both of you he's like okay yeah no i did I, i tampered with his helmet but i didn't make this this thing came afterwards and it starts to raise a fist towards the two of you uh i'm gonna toss him aside and just try and hit it real hard all right roll kicks the mass nine you exchange harm you take three points of damage it takes three points of damage and you can see that the suit takes some tears and some more damage but whatever is inside seems to be unaffected by everything you guys are doing it is just metal and it is taking this pounding you've shredded its outside but the inside is just like she told you it is a golem it seems like now you can clearly see and it is unaffected by physical effects um i am very bad off by the way i am at six harm Okay, you are unstable. Yep. Uh, I guess I also, with that last hit, did hit unstable, by the way. Okay. Tess, you hear all of this going on in the room. Uh, I assume that you come up as TJ starts to wash over the creature. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? You see Jake take a hit. The creature takes the hit and starts to move towards Riley that he has thrown aside. Um, Yeah, so I think to kind of uh, ensure that that it's not looking at them, um, you know, I've got the shotgun still. So I am just I am just taking shots. I think uh, even if I don't think it's necessarily going to hurt him, mm-hmm. maybe maybe just the force of the buckshot will start kind of jolting it back and out of the way. It's some, something to yeah. that that effect. Whatever okay. I can make happen. Yeah. Uh, roll protect someone. Okay. All right, that is an uh, eleven. All right, and so which effect is that? Uh, that would be uh, inflict harm. So the creature has its back towards you and you start to unload this shotgun as it moves towards Riley and you're ushering everybody out. And all of a sudden the creature seizes up and stops moving and its arms go down to its side and it stands up straight and it just stands there. And you can see that there's sparks coming from its back. And as you lower the shotgun, you look at the creature and you see there's the pieces of suit and there's the pieces of light bulb. But on its back, you can see a Wi-Fi card that was built right into the spine, and you damaged that. And suddenly it seems like whatever this is isn't getting information anymore, and it stops dead. What the
the Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. <laughs> Are you two still awake? Dad, we're too excited! You'll be tired at Mockery Manor tomorrow, and it's bigger than ever, so you really do need to sleep. Daddy, tell us about the new expansion. Okay, okay. Yay! Once upon a time, there was a wonderful place, Mockery Manor. Everyone loved it, but sometimes it felt lonely. The manor longed for a companion, so they built a whole new park right next door and called it Claytonville. And it was the... Rootinest, tootinest place you ever did see. Yee-haw! Hop on board the brand new Mockery Railroad all the way to Claytonville. Toot-toot! In Claytonville, there are four cowboy lands to explore. Lasso a goat in Farmin' Valley. Kiss your girl's best friend in Lovelorn Town. Stop it, Terry. And in Cowboy Christmas Town, hop on down to the Bluegrass Grotto to meet Cowboy Santa. Ho, ho, ho down! And are you brave enough to ride the wildest ride in Claytonville? Look out. It's the Four Spurs Pine Tree. Two parks in one and only $19.99 for a family of four. And how about you? Yeah, that's right. You. Listening to this. Are you ready to come back? To Mockery Manor. Season 3. Available now.